Hi, friends. Welcome back to With Great People, the podcast for high-performance teams. I'm Richard Kasparowski. In this episode, I talk with Yuta Eckstein, an Agile coach, consultant, and trainer. Yuta is the author of many books, including Company-Wide Agility, Retrospectives for Organizational Change, and Agile Software Development with Distributed Teams. Yuta shares with us her recipe for successful teams and reveals the secrets of the Bossa Nova approach to business agility. Yep, Bossa Nova. If you want to know what that's about, take a listen. I hope you enjoy it. To support this podcast, visit my website, kasparowski.com. Thanks for listening. And today we have Yuta Eckstein with us on the podcast. Hi, Yuta. How are you? Hi, Richard. Yeah, I'm very good. Thank you. Awesome. Will you introduce yourself to our listeners? Yeah, sure. Well, this can be quick or long. So I'm in the actual field, I think, since 97, 98. That's when I started with extreme programming. So I was a developer at the time. And over time, I moved on to more helping teams or teams of teams. And early in the 2000, I think like 2001, 2002, I worked on Scaling Agile and also published about that. So in 2004, I published the very first book (laughs) on Scaling Agile and then moved on to Distributed Agile because most of the large scale stuff was distributed at that time. And then, and also published about that. So I have a, a few books published. And then I moved on and looked more into what can a company do, so the organization, to either support or how does it sometimes hinder really the benefit of agile development. And that was then a a new focal area. And I looked, for example, at how can retrospectives help organizational change or what about cost of delay? What can we do here, especially from the organizational point of view? And my latest thing is what we call Bossa Nova, which is a synthesis of beyond budgeting, open space, sociocracy, and agile, and all for implementing business agility. That's incredible. So beyond budgeting, open space, sociocracy, and agile. Yes. This is awesome. I want to know more about all of this. Yeah. And this together is the synthesis that we now call Bossa Nova. And the nice thing is actually that Bossa Nova, as it's known, so in the in the real sense, not how we use it, is a fusion of samba and jazz. And okay. in the same way, we think it's a fusion what we've created here, right? And then what we also see is Bossa Nova is also a dance. And as a dancer, you adjust, adapt, or be in flow with the music and with the people on the dance floor. But you also influence what's played and how the people on the dance floor act. And that's also what we think is happening there with our Bossa Nova. And then the third thing is the, the little, literal translation. So it's Portuguese and means new trend, new wave. And of oh, course, so. Bossa Nova is the new trend. It's the new yeah. wave of business agility. That's so cool. Exactly, yeah. All right. Well, I have a feeling we're going to talk more about this as we go. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, cool. So this is the podcast about great teams. When you look back or maybe when you look in the present, what's the best team you've ever been a part of in your entire life? So a team that I have in mind, um, I worked with, that was an XP team. Okay. 
And maybe this is already kind of one criteria or qualification or so, because what I also know, also from my, my background, that very often XP teams, they started doing XP because they wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. Whereas what I see nowadays, very often it's that someone in the company demands the teams to do whatever scrum or something right so the thing is understanding by yourself how this can help you to improve and get better and deliver a a great product versus somebody else believes that is the case i I think this already makes huge difference yeah yeah totally and and similarly for me whenever i talk about the best teams of my life Mm-hmm. This, the example, one of the examples that I use, I, I never, I never say it was an XP team, mm-hmm. but it was this experience where uh, of us were writing code together, and we we bought the XP book, and we were we were doing those things. It and was, technical practices was, were important, right? Yeah, yeah, yes. and, and they were the driver for the social practices. Sometimes, yes, yeah, I agree. Cultural yeah, things, right? Yeah, well, and they are also the enabler really for delivery. And when we talk about Agile, we we talk about continuous delivery or at least frequent regular delivery. And if you don't have the technical practices in place, it's damn hard. Right. And I, I love that you have this background as well. Uh, one one of the sort of a joke I've been I've been using this year is I, I want to put the software back into agile software development. Yeah, I know what you mean. I think and it's I know. the technical things that, that yes. en- enable okay, without the technical practices, it's almost like nothing else matters because you have to deliver the products. Right. So the, this best team of your life, this XP team, and again, really cool to me because mine is also an XP team. <laughs> <laughs> if you could summarize everything about that team into one word, what would that one word be? I would say something like striving. Striving. That's a great word. What, what do you mean by striving? Well, for delivery, for improving, for learning, for knowledge sharing. I don't know, learning together with the customer, all of these. And, and that team, that striving team, what are some of the ways that you know it was the best team? Is there anything objective, anything that people could measure or observe from the outside? Uh, yeah, probably yes. And maybe no, because you might see it somewhere else as well, and it's not like that. Yeah. So so again, so the one thing are the technical practices. You can measure them, you can see them. Okay. And also the joy people had in how they could prove that they improve. For example, they had their statistics on how many tests they have now and how the test base is growing. So not, not only like the regular thing, uh, passing and failing or so, but how big is our test space altogether? And then celebrate it when they hit another round number or so. When the, I remember when the first thousands were there, then this was a big thing. You know, it's kind of that these maybe little things, which are not really little, but they are really important. Yeah. yeah. And, and everyone was passionate about that. Okay. And there's, there's tech practices, there's joy, there's the people are passionate. Yeah. Uh, Anything else subjective? Like, what did it feel like? Or what did other people feel like? Or Well, but what you could also observe is that over time, they there always came these visitors. Mm-hmm. So from inside the company, because they sensed that something else is going on there. 
Right. You know, and they wanted to know what is it. So I, I want to take a look. What what are you actually doing there? Well, and they were programming, right? Yeah. But still, they, but is the funny thing that I'm saying that. But still, they had fun, and that was a a new concept. <laughs> <laughs> they were programming, and they were having fun. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. And then they they started. I don't know. For for this team, coffee was a big thing. Okay. And so. They bought a really super whatever coffee machine Italian thing, right, on eBay and bid it for it. And when they got it, it was a big thing. And then they had their, well, instead of the Pomodoris, when they did pair programming, it was always a coffee break then in between. And and so everything like around that. And I, I guess teams who are great, they have some kind of ritual, whatever it is. And some, I don't know, maybe it's a, a kind of a token even. Uh-huh. And of course, you can argue coffee is not good for your health and so on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, unless, unless you're Italian, perhaps. Yes, right. Yeah. I have a friend who tells me he drinks eight cups of coffee a day and he's like, but they're little. <laughs> but yeah, right. They're little, but very strong. Yeah. Um, so that's really cool. Okay. So coffee and this this idea of ritual that they would keep a coffee break timer as they were pair programming mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. What else? Uh, so th- these are some of their practices, the things that they did. They were doing some extreme programming. They were doing some coffee. They had some ritual. What, what were some of the other things that went into this team's greatness? Definitely also information radiators mm-hmm. and having them, keeping them alive. Let's put it this way. Keeping them alive. What it means that whenever people felt that, well, we really know that by now, then that information reader just went to the bin, right? We didn't oh. need it anymore. So, and something else took its place because that was the thing that we needed to discuss and remember and, and all of that. Okay. Because often when I see teams that are not so great, then I see a lot of outdated stuff yeah. hanging around. And it might look nice, but it's not doing anything. Yeah, like it becomes such an ingrained ritual that we're afraid yeah. to take it off the wall. Yeah. What What were some of the information radiators that they were using? Um. It, so stuff that comes to my mind right now is is really more technical stuff. So mm. pieces from the architecture. So kind of oh, how we want to change something here and there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, really. Probably again because it's an XP team. Technical, more technical stuff than untechnical. Yeah, cool. Any other practices that this team had that you think went into their greatness? Always being on the lookout what can be done to improve things. So, uh, for example, keeping eyes open if there is a new framework that would support whatever we are doing and speed things up. And that might sound Weird, but never, never be really satisfied with the status, but always thinking, oh, what else can we do? And how can we even get still better? Yeah. And, and a little bit, I think it, it doesn't sound so good because the thing of, uh, yeah, never being satisfied sounds also, yeah, well, maybe then you, you are hard at the burnout also, but it, that wasn't true for that team. It was more like, Yes, we we can do that, and we can yeah. even do more of that. Yeah, I think that goes back to your 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 word, striving, right? Yeah, yeah. So right. always striving for for always striving for better. Yeah. 
Now, what practices from this team or what in general, if you could give advice, and, and I know you actually do this, you do give advice to teams. <laughs> What would you tell listeners to do to to get the same kind of greatness in their own team? I guess if it's the thing that it's not the team's idea to go an agile way, but they are asked to do, then really work very carefully on why would this help us? So start with the why and and what would be gained from that. And also looking at what did we do before that might still help us? So not throwing out everything mm-hmm. because there's probably stuff around that has been working for many years and we should keep it and, and again, maybe improving it. And on the other hand, what, what annoys us for a long, long time and we, we now can use that agile process to, to overcome it and finally get rid of it and, and do it better. All right. So. Probably it is um, keep retrospecting. <laughs> keep retrospecting, yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, and I want to go back to Bossa Nova. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and your eyes are lighting up. <laughs> Good. Yes. What else, can you, what else can you tell us about Bossa Nova? Yeah, well, the thing is, as I said, I, I kind of look more into organizations. And at the moment, it is that, uh, well, so many people talk about agile organizations and that this is needed for, for various reasons. Well, on the one hand, it's I believe it starts also with digitalization, that uh, software is really kind of the core part of almost every company. And although the company might not know it yet, but it, it's Taking, yeah, software is eating the world, right? So to quote Margaret Dreesen here. And with that, people also look what's done in software that makes it happen. And therefore also, what does it mean for us as a company? What do we need to change if digitalization is such a thing? And then all the like the VUCA stuff, changing markets, disruptions and, and so on. So what I see is that more and more companies really try to be agile or claim to be or whatever. However, it's not really clear what it means. Yeah. And actually, what I really think it means, it is to think beyond agile because agile in itself doesn't provide an answer to companies. It provides some answer, but not like the entirety. There is not much about like, oh, what does it mean for the organizational structure or for the strategy or for everything around finance or legal or whatever, right? And there there are some people who try to, well, just use Agile and translate it. And there's the marketing, Agile Marketing Manifesto or, or whatever. So there are different, these kinds of things. However, what I think is there is a lot of stuff out there already. There are people, communities who have looked at these different aspects of companies for a long time and they found answers to it. So one one example is Beyond Budgeting, where Beyond Budgeting clearly says, well, if you fix your budget on an annual basis, you can never be agile as a company in the literal sense. You cannot be adaptive responsive, fast, nimble, all of that, because the money is already in the different buckets, no matter how the market changes and you might need now to do something different than you thought at the beginning of the year. And so we were looking, so my co-author, John Buck and I, we were looking at at stuff that's already there and it's existing and it helps companies to be agile from different perspectives. And yeah, 
All right, cool. Anything else that you want to share with listeners? I I guess the most important thing for being, well, sustaining Agile and be a great team or implement a great team or company is to stay open towards experimentation. Mm-hmm. And again, in our Bossa Nova terms, we call this probing because we think an experiment is, is just like a subset of it. And for us, a probe is we reflect on what is our current situation and then we come up with a hypothesis, what we think might happen or what's needed, and then come up with one or several experiments. And also for those experiments, we at first measure if the situation is really the way it is, and then we can post-measure after the experiment if our hypothesis was true or not, right? And then keep going with this. And those probes, they can be really small, or sometimes they are bigger. But the the important thing is to have that attitude of, well, it's again, the striving, I guess, right? So, So continuously looking at what's helping us to overcome whatever pain we are facing right now or challenge we are seeing right now. All right. And if listeners want to get in touch with you, is there is there a good way to do that? Yeah, well, one one way definitely is Twitter. That's Utah X Sign, so my full name is my okay. Twitter handle, or LinkedIn would work as well. Yes. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Utah, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Hi, friends. Thanks for listening. And remember to support this podcast. Sign up for my newsletter at Kasparowski.com. <laughs>